You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God tested Abraham, his son Isaac, the one given by promise, now it seems, is to be taken away by the commandment. Moreover, it seemed as though God's commandment was evil. But Abraham goes forward in faith. He knows that God is not the author of evil, but is good all the time, even if we cannot see how. Abraham, according to the book of Hebrews, knows that even if God has to raise Isaac from the dead, he will still have his son. I and the boy will return, said Abraham to his servant. Remarkably, Isaac shares the faith of his father. He even carries the wood for the sacrifice on his own back as a picture of Christ who was made to carry his own cross, the very one upon which he died for the life of the world. Now, there is no getting around the fact that Holy Scripture says that God tested Abraham. But there is a difference between testing and temptation. God tests and proves faith to strengthen it. He does not tempt to sin. As James says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God's purposes are always loving. He tests faith not for his own benefit or knowledge, but for ours. He tests us in order to lead us to live lives of trust and dependence on him, and so that others may see our faith and be strengthened and encouraged. When God tests us, he is always leading us and others to see Jesus. Through suffering, he drives us to the foot of the cross so that we become dependent on him and see Jesus only. God never tests us unto sin, but unto faith. Often, then, we must suffer the consequences for being faithful because the world is evil. But God is good, and his testing is good for us, even when we think we cannot endure it, for then we have nothing in ourselves but everything in Jesus. The devil, however, tempts. He is the tempter. Christ says he is a liar and the father of lies. His purpose is to tempt us to sin in order to destroy faith and the faith of others as well. His goal is to get us to trust and, and rely upon ourselves and our own powers and ingenuity. He wants to make God's word seem empty or unimportant or a plaything. He tells us that we could avoid suffering if we would just abandon our post. But this never works out because he is a liar and the father of lies. 
There can be no life and living apart from the life that comes to us from God and his spirit, who is the Lord and giver of life. Though temptation always has the goal of sin and destroying faith in Jesus, it always has that one goal, but it comes at us from three angles. We are very much like soldiers caught in a horrific three-way crossfire between our sinful flesh, the world, and the devil. In the case of the flesh, we carry the old Adam around our necks. He daily strives to turn our heads unto unchastity, apathy for the things of God, gluttony, drunkenness, greed, and deception, to cheat our neighbors and overcharge him, to inflict our notion of self upon everyone around us instead of dying to self and serving our neighbor. Then comes crossfire from the world, which hates the true word of God and wants nothing to do with it. There is nothing but hatred and envy, enmity, violence and wrong, unlawfulness, vengeance, cursing, slander, pride and arrogance sold as virtues. No one is willing to be the least, but everyone wants to be top dog and be seen by all. Don't believe me? Just turn on the news or some political debate. And as if this weren't enough, then comes the devil, attacking in all directions, but especially in matters that concern the conscience and spiritual affairs. He tries to get us to despise and disregard both the word and the works of God, to tear us away from faith, hope, and love, and bring us into unbelief, false security, and boredom. Or, on the other hand, despair, denial of God, and blasphemy. These are not the loving tests of your father, but the hateful temptations of the father of lies. Whereas God's tests may seem bad to us at the time, they are in fact good and lead us to faith. But the devil's temptations, while dressed up to seem oh so good and promising something nice, are in fact evil. They are a mirage, a lie. The tests of God expose our false gods, so that we may live from faith in God to faith in God. The temptations of the devil try to get us to bow down and and worship our false gods and serve the creature instead of the creator. Well, how will this look for you and your life? Well, you may be sure of this. You will be tested and tempted by the people and the things that you love the most, usually your spouse, career, your reputation, your friends, your house, and the like. For Abraham, that was his son. If the story was about Abraham having to give up his favorite cow, well, then the story would not be one of such great faith and trust, would it? But Abraham's faithfulness encouraged encourages us to trust even when we can't see any good way out. Through him, 
God provided a picture of how Christ was going to provide the once-for-all sacrifice on the Mount of the Lord. If you are a parent like Abraham, it is likely that what you love most is your sons and your daughters. You will be tempted through them. You will be tempted to provide for their earthly life and to be all distracted and concerned about that, but to put their heavenly life on the back burner. It's not as an immediate of a concern. God provides opportunities for you to strengthen your children's faith and exalt the word of God in their lives as something daily and living. And yet the devil tempts you to abandon your posts, especially you fathers, as spiritual leaders, and become, what, entertainment directors, activity coordinators, uh, chefs? It feels like that. But what is most important here? What do you fear the most? Your kids' disapproval? Their friends' disapproval? Other parents' disapproval? Family disapproval? The school's disapproval? The coach's disapproval? How about God's? I sometimes sense a level of confusion or worry about this. One concern that I hear from parents, and we all wrestle with this, even if you're not a parent, um, is that they, you want your kids to love Jesus, and therefore the divine service where Jesus comes to us and gives us his word, his body, and his blood. Uh, no Christian parent wants his kids to hate church. But sometimes parents are fearful that their kids will grow up to hate church, that is, to hate Jesus, if they force them to go. So, I don't want to force my kids to go to church. And I deal with this with college students all the time. Well, I don't want to force my kid to go to church while he's in college. I don't want him to hate church. Well, this is a lie of Satan. It's designed, as all his lies are, to drive us away from Christ and his word and to drive a wedge between Christ and his word, as if you could have Christ apart from his word. But what does Jesus say? Whoever hears my words is of God. Now, we all want our children to grow up and want to go to church and not just have to be forced into it. But the simple truth is that if we do not train and instruct and bring up our children and ourselves then all we're doing is just leaving the sinful flesh to do the job for us, which is lazy and weak and is not interested in hearing God's word. The simple truth is this. Faith cannot be harmed ever by preaching and the sacraments, but only strengthened, even if the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak or wiggly or whines about it. Faith comes from hearing, and it keeps coming from hearing. It is sustained through preaching and the sacrament. Oh, I know, they kick and scream and wiggle and cry and say, I'm too busy in college to go to school, or I've got a job now, Mom. It's 
not something that's a priority right now. Even in the folly of youth, and even in the folly of old age, we might say, but I don't like it. But the truth is, faith needs it. Your faith, whoever you are, needs it. Whatever your place in life, your Christian faith will face this conflict and suffering. You will be tempted. You will be tested. God, who does not tempt you to sin, is always leading you towards greater trust and dependence on him and his word. To say, I have nothing but the word of God. He takes our minds off things below and sets them on things above. He reminds us that this life, though filled with his good gifts like children and family and work, is still a valley of sorrow until he takes us to himself in heaven. Most of us do not have the stomach for conflict, certainly not the kind that Jesus faced in the gospel today where they picked up stones to kill him. The way of faithfulness is costly, but it is good. Throughout life, our Lord tests and refines us. He purifies our gold and consumes the dross. He takes everything away. Our confidence in our works, in our family, in our health, in our job, in our finances. He takes it away in order to give us everything in Christ a new confidence that God's word proves true and that he will always keep his promises. You may not have the stomach for conflict. You may fail daily and much. But there is one who bore the ultimate conflict for you. Your dear Lord Jesus, he passed the testing of the Lord. He defeated all the temptations of the devil. He sets you free from the fear of man to loving, a loving fear of God. He proves his love to you by a bloody cross that you may test the power of his promises against the glory of his resurrection. You are not sons of the devil. You are baptized, heirs of the Lord's promises. You are of God for you hear Jesus' words. You are children of your Father who is in heaven. He calls and enables you to live from that trust, to cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He is the I am. His word is truth. You keep his word. That is, you keep it close. You cling to it for dear life, knowing that you have nothing else. You shall never see death, but rejoice to see the eternal day of the Lord. Behold, now he goes to his passion, to his suffering, death, and burial. But rejoice. Your Jesus faces the conflict for you. Rejoice. Your Jesus lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ.
Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.